It's time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. Thank you, Chad Erickson, and thank you for being with us on this Friday edition of the program. Tino Pizzino will stop by from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. I just realized it's like an all Sirius XM day. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. It just kind of happened by accident. Uh, we will get into odds and ends, something to consider, a whole bunch to do on the show, but we started out in the NBA. My man, Justin Termini, Sirius XM NBA radio host, the host of NBA Today with Eddie Johnson, afternoons 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern is hanging out with us on the program. All right, JT, uh, let's start with Joel Embiid. You saw the news, the lateral meniscus injury. Still no exact timetable on how long he's going to be out. If you were the Sixers, how would you handle Joel Embiid for the rest of the regular season? I know how I would do it. I'm curious to get your thoughts. I'd be as cautious as possible because you can contend for a championship this year. I think they're good enough. I think they're one of the four best teams in the NBA. You got Boston, who's very fickle because they rely on the three. So if you catch them on a cold week, you can certainly beat them. I think they're better than the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think it's Philadelphia. I think it's Boston in the Eastern Conference. I think it's Denver, and I think it's the Clippers in the Western Conference. Again, that could change at the trade deadline, but you got a realistic shot of winning an NBA championship. Embiid's playing at this level, even though apparently he's been dealing with with a sore knee throughout the course of the year. So you get him healthy. You don't worry about the MVP, which 65-game rule or not, you're not going to win it anyway because 65 games, even if he reaches, that is not enough in my estimation to get the award. So you get him healthy for the postseason uh, and you make a run there. The one, I guess, concern is the seeding because you're the fourth or the fifth seed, which you are right now. You're going to have to face Boston in the second round. You're going to have to be on the road a lot in the postseason. You want to get at least one or two series at home on your way to a championship. But, yeah, I would make sure that he's healthy and shut him down as long as I need to. But, JT, here's the thing. I don't know if you can even worry about seeding at this point. If it's just, to me... You're going to make the playoffs with or without him for the for the remainder of the regular season. I think you just rest him as long as you need to to get as much shelf life out of him in the postseason as you can and just say, look, I don't care where we're seated. We'll take our chances that we can win from a seventh or a sixth or a fifth, wherever it may be. But just make sure you have him as healthy as possible. Is there anything wrong with that? No, that's 100% correct. So, like, and I think I was alluding to that, saying the same thing, basically, is one is his health, two is the seeding, and then three is like any individual yeah. type of award. That's the order that I would approach it if I was Philadelphia. What do, what do you say to those who kind of point to the fact that he might, he maybe he shouldn't have been playing over these last few games, that there was pressure because of the 65-game rule? Did the Sixers screw this up? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe it's on the Sixers then because tell me how, like, the doctors step in and tell them he can't play against Denver, but then a couple of days later, they allow him to go out there and play looking like he did. So you're telling me that he's like, I feel the pressure now, but I didn't feel it against Denver. If he couldn't have played against Denver and you kept him off national television and you knew he was going to get hammered, like, I wasn't going to hammer him for not playing against Golden State. I would have said, all right, well, now there's some real legitimacy to this injury, whereas before maybe I was questioning how hurt really is he sitting out this Denver game so like that's on the uh, that's on the doctors there in Philadelphia where you know you're told that they have the final say that MB really can't say anything about it if the doctors tell me can't play so where the hell were the doctors against uh, against Golden State that night um you kind of hurt my feelings when you were talking about the top teams in the east 
And you didn't mention my Knicks. I mean, come on, man. You're killing me. Where, what, what about my Knicks? They're playing the best basketball of anybody in all the league right now. Jalen Brunson balling, yeah. get his first all-star appearance. He scores 40 on Thursday night and a win against the Halliburtonless Pacers. Come on, give my Knicks some love, man. I, I agree. I mean, d- d- defensively, uh, they're well-rounded. Offensively, uh, I think they play like the right way where they don't rely on the three like Boston does, so maybe they can be a little bit more consistent. Now, I'll go back to the same thing that's being said over the last couple of weeks, and I've said it myself. I'm a huge Brunson fan. I thought he should have been starting here in the All-Star game. I have an argument with Eddie on my show, Eddie Johnson, about who the best Nick is. He says it's Randall. I say it's Brunson. Oh, it's Brunson. So, yeah, You're right. I, I 100% agree. So I, the, the point is, I'm setting it up to say this. Huge Brunson guy, you still don't win a championship with a guy that size as the best player on your team. It's happened one time in NBA history with Isaiah Thomas. You want to say maybe it's happened twice with Steph Curry. Curry's a little bit bigger, plus he's an anomaly. He plays a different way. But a guy that plays that style that Brunson does at his size, one time NBA history, that's uh, that's Isaiah Thomas. So you can't win a championship like that, in my estimation. But can you make a deep run? Can you be exciting? Are you the best Knicks team that we've seen since the the 90s? Absolutely, 100% yes. Do the Knicks make a deal, JT, here before the deadline with Randall only being out maybe two to three weeks they're talking about with the shoulder injury? Are we talking about the Knicks making a deal, maybe adding some depth at the deadline? Well, they have this Fournier contract that they need to move, and that's the reason they've hung on to him, even though they don't play him, which has bothered him. Uh, So that's something that they have one more week to use, and then they really can't use it after that in order to make any type of deal. So they use that, and that's the other thing that's good about the Knicks is you line them up against the other four teams that I think people would say, or the other three teams that people would say are contenders in the Eastern Conference, right? The Celtics, the Sixers, and the Bucs. Who's got the most to deal? New York's got more to deal than any of those teams in order to improve. Then it's Philadelphia. Then it's Boston. Then it's Milwaukee, right? So that's the tough part for the Bucs is they might be the worst of those four teams right now because they can't defend anything. Like, I like the Knicks better than the Bucs, but the Bucs can't improve because they don't have the assets to do so. The Knicks have the assets more than anybody. Philadelphia has some assets. The Boston's, uh, the Celtics still have two first-round picks they can deal. Milwaukee's got nothing. What do you make? Uh, I got about a minute here. What do you make of the of the deal yesterday with the with the Rockets um, dealing with the Grizzlies? Adams to the Rockets, Oladipo to Memphis. I kind of admire the fact that Memphis hasn't just mailed it in this season, despite the injury to John Morant. Yeah, and I think what that is about more, though, is next season is they're going to look to to clear some cap space so they can make a run maybe at a free agent, even though you typically don't sign guys in Memphis. Uh, I think it's all about, like, setting up the future for, for the Grizzlies. Yeah, it certainly is. And look, I mean, you know, Adams, sort of a veteran at this stage of his career, maybe he could be to the Rockets what he was to Memphis and sort of being a mentor there. Yeah, no doubt, and uh, he adds a little bit more muscle to to them compared to, like, Shangun, who's a a little bit more of a finesse guy, but one of my favorite players in the sport. Yeah. Uh, We're chatting with Justin Termini. There's more to get to with him coming up here in a couple of minutes, including the talk of LeBron James being traded. His agent is throwing cold water on it. We'll get to it as we continue on Sports Wrap.
Over 13 million Americans were affected by identity theft in 2022, and the threats go way beyond just credit card fraud. Today's identity thieves can use your information in ways that are easy to miss by just monitoring accounts and credit, like opening loans, transferring home titles, even committing crimes. Someone got my social security number, made a driver's license, and it was used for criminal activity. You can do so much with a social security number that I didn't know could happen. They drained my bank account. It was terrifying. You're even more vulnerable than you realize. Your information is exposed through online shopping, banking, even corporate data breaches. No wonder there's a new victim of identity theft every three seconds. Only LifeLock alerts you to the widest volume of threats all in one place, like someone trying to use your social security number, open a new loan in your name, or even commit a crime in your name. There was a big yes button and there was a big no button. I clicked, that's not me, and LifeLock took it from there. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will be assigned to your case and work to fix the issue on your behalf. If something happens, you have somebody fighting for you. All LifeLock members are backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package, including reimbursement for stolen funds, personal expenses, and coverage for lawyers and experts up to $1 million. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. With LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. I will be with LifeLock forever. Join the millions of people already protected by LifeLock. And for a limited time, save 25% on your first year with promo code 25TV. All plans include a 60-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-710-7531 or visit lifelock.com slash 25TV to save 25% on your first year of identity theft protection. Enroll now. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who was injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Rolling along on this Friday edition of Sports Rep, Tino Pitino of Sirius XM NASCAR Radio will stop by in about 10 minutes. Get some thoughts with him. The bush light clash at the Coliseum this weekend, weather permitting, because we're getting tons of rain apparently here in Southern California. You know that song that says, never rains in Southern California? Not true. Not true. Uh, my man Justin Termini is hanging out with us on the show. We're getting you. You're out here with me in in SoCal. We're getting a lot of rain out here. It's kind of weird. The rain follows me wherever I go, so it's not really a shock to me. It may <laughs> never rain in Southern California, but it rains wherever wherever JT goes. So. Uh, fair enough. Um, this talk about LeBron James potentially being dealt before the trade deadline. I don't really put all that much stock in it, but. Uh, and apparently neither does his agent, Rich Paul, because Rich Paul came out and said, nope, it's not happening. Forget whatever you're hearing. I saw them talking about it on first take this morning. Oh, no, LeBron. Is there anything that would lead you to believe they, they would deal him by the deadline? If if the package was right, would he ask for it? Can you see any scenario where LeBron gets dealt? 
Do I think it could be the smart thing for the Lakers to do? Yeah, because he's 39 years of age and like you want to reboot things. Now, they can rely on free agency, so they don't necessarily need the assets like other teams. But Boston, for example, they rebooted with with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. They dealt them and they had far more of a connection to Pierce than L.A. does to to LeBron. And it helped them get to where they are right now with Tatum and and Jalen Brown and another title contender, arguably the best team in the NBA. So is it a smart thing to do? Uh, It probably is. Uh, now is LeBron going to, are they going to do it? They probably don't have the guts. And cause again, like Rich Paul owns a agency, correct? Uh, LeBron essentially owns the agency. So you do something like that. And then all of a sudden, uh, they steer their players away from the Lakers. If you do something anti LeBron, so it won't happen for that reason. And then as far as LeBron requesting a deal, Listen, LeBron's done a lot of team hopping in his career. He does a lot of things that annoy you, uh, but he doesn't have that on his resume. So I don't think that's something in year 21. He's waited this long to then sully his his reputation by saying, you know what, add a trade demand or a request to to my uh, laundry list of like little, like, you know, indiscretions throughout the course of my career. He's just not going to do it. In your mind, does he finish his career in Los Angeles? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really? where he wants to live. That's where his businesses are. Uh, I mean, maybe if his kid gets drafted somewhere else, he finishes off a, a year there. Like, that's the only thing I think that could get into the way. I don't think he's going to go chasing championships elsewhere. Uh, again, he likes the lifestyle out here. He likes the movies. He likes being a celebrity in this area. Uh, so I, I think that he's going to finish out here. I've talked about this with other NBA guys, and I'm curious to get your thought on it. I feel like the Clippers... And I I won't even call them a dark horse. I feel like they are the team from roster to head coach, um, the makeup of the West. I feel like they're the one team outside of Denver that I could see running the gauntlet through the West based on what I've seen. And I know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. To buy into the idea of James Harden being able to take you to the promised land. But if this group is healthy... I'm starting to buy in. Are you? Oh, absolutely. I think they're the second best team in the Western Conference. Denver's one, the Clippers are two, and I think it's a pretty significant gap after that. And the thing about this team compared to maybe the past with James Harden is they don't need to rely on him scoring. So Harden can go, you know, three of 14, and it's still not going to hurt you because you got Kawhi, you got Paul George, uh, you got Norm Powell who comes off the bench who's a really good player. So I think they might be the deepest team in the NBA. Like, for example, people say Phoenix. Okay, we'll stack up the big three. Uh, You can say that Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard canceled each other out. You can say that Paul George and Devin Booker canceled themselves out. I like Harden better than Bradley Beal. I like the center position with Zubak better than Nurkic there in Phoenix. And I like the bench certainly better uh, in L.A. than I do with Phoenix. So if you say Phoenix is like the third or the fourth best team, I'm telling you I like the Clippers a lot better than them. Wow. Um, who's the team getting the most love in the West that you think is overrated right now? You know, is it uh, is it Minnesota? Is it Minnesota at 34? I still don't buy into Minnesota. I still don't buy into them being a, a championship caliber team, no matter what the record is. You know, is it Oklahoma City who snuck up on a lot of teams for a while and now teams are starting to figure out, oh, this team's really good and they're getting everybody's best every night. Who's the team that you think is sort of yeah. the most overrated out there? In I the mean, West? They, they, they both have flaws. I guess I would say maybe Minnesota only because of their late game offense. And I think what they need to do with the trade deadline, which is next week, is add somebody to back up Mike Conley because mm. Conley's up there in age. And if Conley's out, if you watch some of these 
these games. The offense just is incompetent, especially down the stretch. So I think there's like a lack of maturity with Anthony Edwards, or at least 22 years of age. He's going to be a superstar. He might already be a superstar, or at least a borderline superstar, but he still needs to like work out the kinks of, hey, what do I do here in a tight postseason spot? Uh, how do I manage, you know, a three-point game with under two minutes left? Some of the decision-making is a problem, so I think that's a, a major flaw uh, for, for Minnesota. Uh, before I let you go, I thought this was so cool, and I haven't talked about it at all this week. We sort of talked about it when Stephen Curry had the little video that uh, when he was mic'd up for a game, I think it was on TNT, it might have been ESPN a week or so ago, where he's talking about doing this uh, three-point shootout or, or, or talking about shooting threes against Sabrina Ionescu of uh, the WNBA. I think this is great that the NBA is leaning into this and making this part of All-Star Weekend. I think it's about time that the WNBA and NBA become sort of co-mingled. And I know they've done little things in the All-Star game at the past. I got to ask you, who do you think wins the matchup and what do you think of the idea? Well, I, I, I'm going to go with Steph. I mean, he's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. She had 25 of 27, Justin! Although he's going to be behind the line a little bit, here's where I'll I'll give the credit to. Not the NBA, not Inescu. I'll give it to Curry because how many of these guys have been gutless when they're putting their, their name out there and their brand and afraid to do stuff? I mean, you get LeBron who will never compete in a slam dunk contest because yeah. he's to be out there on center stage and what it does to his reputation. Meanwhile, Steph is going to go out there against a female, and if he loses, uh, you know, imagine the the backlash. You, you're on social media. You know, imagine, <laughs> like, the takes that you're going to get. You know, you'll get stuff on first day all over the place. People will be killing him, and then, you know, 30 years from now when they're doing the stupid arguments, who's the best shooter of all time, who's this, who's that, they'll say, well, Steph lost to a girl. I mean, you know what it's going to be like, so... <laughs> Uh, I give Steph Curry credit for uh, for for putting his reputation out there. Yeah, I'll put I'll take Ionescu. She's she's just out of this world. Uh, we have the video up of her shooting uh, at at the three point shootout where she made twenty five of twenty seven. Uh, Justin Termini is the host of NBA Today with Eddie Johnson. You can catch the show uh, Monday through Friday, four p.m. to seven p.m. Eastern over on Sirius XM NBA Radio. JT, it was good to talk to you, my friend. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, good to talk to you, Pitch. Good to see you. I haven't seen you for a while. Usually we're doing the radio spots. You you added some muscle since the last time I saw you. Wow. <laughs> we're coming back. Don't go anywhere. It's Sports Wrap. Sports Wrap continues on this Friday. For the first time in 2024, we get to say something that we have not said. Start your engines. NASCAR season is here. Uh, we got a couple of guys we're going to be covering it with uh, throughout the season, and one of them is here with us today. Tino Patino is here, ladies and gentlemen. Sirius XM uh, radio on the NASCAR channel. Also, uh, he's going to be hanging out with us during the season, helping us with the uh, betting insider in, in stuff when it comes to auto racing as well. Uh, we had him on when we were doing this just as a podcast vodcast, and now he joins us uh, on the TV version of the show. All right, Tino, we got the Bush Light. I almost said Bud Light. The Bush Light, I believe it is. Uh, Clash at the Coliseum yep, yep. Uh, just down the road from where we are in Los Angeles. Of course, weather permitting, that could be a factor. We'll get into that. It could push back the race. 
tell people a little bit about this because we always think we always used to think of the Daytona 500 as the official start of the NASCAR season. Talk a little bit about, you know, sort of how this race has slid in and and sort of um, jump-started the NASCAR season a bit. Well, definitely. So Daytona is still, I would say, the official start of the NASCAR season. Um, this race is an exhibition race for fun at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum, and that's what makes it special, right? Racing in such an iconic venue and racing with, absolutely nothing to lose these drivers just go out there and they show you know what they got and it you know sometimes it doesn't have an effect on your season you win you know whether or not it's a preseason event like this you know it still gives you confidence going throughout the year in 2022 this was the first time they had this event joey mm-hmm. logano won it he went on to win the championship in 2023 last year martin truex jr won it he went on to win the regular season championship so you know i mean whether or not that actually has a factor on the the nascar drivers as they progress throughout the year remains to be seen but we've seen at least out of the two times success has been made from this track and from this event you know it's the third time here this time around and you know it's exciting to see because now we kind of have more data to go off from a betting standpoint as well we got we have finally seen guys that have been consistent from year to year and it's one of those races where anything can happen it's unpredictable it's not like any other track on the schedule as short track racing goes this thing's a really short track isn't it yeah, it's a I, mean, like, I'm watching, I mean, we, we're looking at we're looking at no, well, we're looking at highlights of uh, of last year's race on the on the screen for people who are watching us. And I mean, they can't get they, they can't be driving very fast on this thing. No, the average speed is around 30 miles per hour, which for <laughs> guys crazy. that normally go 200 is very crazy. Exactly. And they're keep in mind, they're racing inside of a football field. So I've actually been there in person. It's an awesome visual because you are sitting around in a stadium view, right? And you're looking down and normally like you'd be looking down at an NFL field or, you know, know, at a football field rather, you know, the same type of yardage and everything like that. And to see cars going around, around a track, that's essentially, and they could, the field could still be there too, keep in mind. So the visual is awesome. It's only 150 laps too. So with as um, slow as the cars are necessarily going with the short laps, it's going to be uh, fun because the drivers push as hard as they can because they know how crucial it is to get up front quickly. And you want to be the you don't really want to be leading that many times either because you'll get the bump and run and get pushed up out of the groove too. Yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of cars in such a compressed space. Um, let me ask you something. Chase Elliott was a guy we followed a lot last year because we kept waiting for him to get an elusive win to get him into the playoffs. It never happened. Um, obviously, the the leg injury played a factor in it. He missed some time with that, uh, you know, on, on the ski slopes and all of that. Give me some sense for what we could expect out of Chase Elliott this year. Do you think there's a bounce back year for him? I think there is, and the reason is based off of the year that he had last year. Just to your point, we had him, or I had a ticket for him at 100-1 to to make the playoffs going into the final cutoff race at Daytona, and it just never happened. He was never able to pull out a victory, even in the playoffs. It really didn't look like the team was making that much gains. He wasn't able to put together a consistent season, and for a driver since 2018, having four victories at least throughout uh, every season that year there, uh, He's been one of the most consistent drivers. He's been one of the best drivers in the series, and he just had an off year. You know, he got injured. He got suspended for a race as well. And for him to now kind of be reset, 
clean slate going into the season. I think that's going to benefit him. It, with Chase Elliott ben- being out, it benefited William Byron last year, who had six wins, the most in all series. And that was uh, Chase Elliott's teammate there. So to me, I think he saw that and it said, okay, when I get back in the car, when this season resets when I get a clean slate in 2024 it's go time and I think he's going to win early and often in this season and he's plus 850 to win a championship and I think that number is only going to go down based off of him being the most popular driver and him being in the top tier equipment uh, in the Hendrick Motorsports um the bush light clash at the Coliseum I don't know if it's going to be held this weekend or pushed back because of the weather regardless of that who do you like so in this one, it's going to be tough. We have to take a look at the drivers who have been the most consistent at this track, and it's not many. Only four drivers have a top 10 within the last two races at this track. We got Martin Trix Jr., who won it last year, Joey Logano the year prior, but Kyle Busch and Austin Dillon are two, two drivers I have my eye on in this one. Kyle Busch is one of the favorites alongside Kyle Larson at 9-1, to one, but Austin Dillon is where you get your money here. At 25-1, to one, Austin Dillon's finished in the top three, third the first year and second last year. So he's been in contention to win this race. Now, when we look at drivers who have actually led laps in this race, we're looking at guys like Ryan Priest, Bubba Wallace actually last year, and they're both 18 to one to win it. Now, those are value plays in my eyes because they led 40 some laps in from last year's race. And how that is important is because, well, if you get out to a lead, it is very hard to pass the driver in front. Now, the only way you're going to be able to do that most times is a bump and run. You're going to have to push them out of the groove and pass them on the inside. And if you are the leader, you're going to need strong speed coming off the corner exit. It's so tough because you're going so slow into the corners. If you overshoot the corner, you're hitting the wall. Like there is not (laughs) barely enough room to go too wide, right? So those are some of the drivers there. Kyle Larson being the favorite at 9-1. to Um, Joey Logano as well, like I mentioned, he's 12-1. to And we have to look at these drivers in this one and see, okay, they've been consistent in the past, but will the consistency translate into this year? And I think it will. Um, And there's some drivers that have short track experience that are good short track racers, but maybe that won't play into a factor here because of how unique this racetrack is. And by the way, price shop, you mentioned Austin Dillon. I've seen him as high as 30 to one. Uh, depending on the book. So so certainly make sure to do some price shopping. Uh, Tino Patino, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Always appreciate it, my friend. We'll be talking to you throughout the season. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate you having me on and excited for this NASCAR season. We're coming back. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who is injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Rolling along on this Friday edition of Sports Wrap. Good to have you all with us. Busy show so far. I didn't realize we were doing Sirius XM guests all day. Tino Patino talked some NASCAR. My man Justin Termini from Sirius XM NBA Radio hung out with us. And now this guy, Sam Yarnell, is here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a couple of segments with him on the show today. Before he heads off to Las Vegas... 
You ready? Are you ready for Super Bowl week in Las Vegas, Sam, or what? I don't think anyone's ever ready for Super Bowl week any That's year, true. Jason, but we're getting there, man. We're almost at the end of it. Thank goodness football season is almost over. Yeah, and I'll, hopefully I'll see you out there. I know you're going to be out there um, starting like later on today, Friday, and uh, hopefully I could be out there um, sometime next week as well, and we'll get together in person for a change. All right, let's talk about Jim Harbaugh, the comments he made uh, on Thursday in his introductory press conference, is he being realistic when he talks about multiple titles? Because in my mind, look, it's great to be ambitious. You've got one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. He's not that young anymore, but, you know, Justin Herbert, say what you will. I, I just think he should have been a little more generic, a little, a, a, you know, a little more on the level here. This thing isn't going to happen overnight, and he's putting all the pressure on himself. Maybe that's what he wants to do, though. I hear you, Jason. It is tough when you hear a new, not new, but a coach who's brand new to their team come out and say those, you know, in an inter- say those things in an introductory press conference. But at the same time, you've got to think about the Chargers fan base. They're looking for something to grasp onto. And quite frankly, for Justin Herbert's entire career, what's been holding that organization back? The coaching. That's the real problem there. And this is how you change all that. Listen, that roster is stacked to the point that they could beat I'm confident any team in a playoff game, you, you'll get both sides of the ball. First of all, Justin Herbert, like I mentioned, but also Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, who obviously have their health issues year in and year out. But there's always seems to be one of them on the field. I really like the way that this team is constructed roster wise. I think Tom Telesco did a great job of that and unfortunately was kind of just a victim of Brandon Staley's horrible coaching in his firing. But at the end of the day, it's not out of the question to see the Chargers over the course of the next 10 years winning multiple titles. I don't think that that's completely uh, by the wayside. I think the entire phenomenon of chargering, what we've been talking about during Staley's tenure as the Chargers head coach, goes away this year because I don't think that happens under Harbaugh. What's a realistic expectation for them next year? What would you, if you were setting it, because I don't think this is out there yet anywhere. I was just just taking a peek. What would you set as a realistic win total for them next year? Yeah, so we can't expect the win totals until sometime after the Super Bowl. But my, so this is actually, it's funny you ask. This is something quite literally over the last week. uh, I've been having multiple conversations about where you would set the Chargers win total. After the horrible season they had last year, five and 12, I believe, is it, Eight and a half, nine and a half, ten and a half? I don't know. I think I'd probably set it at eight and a half or nine and a half. I might take the over either way. I'm trying to think. I'm just looking at that division and trying to figure out where I put them. You know, obviously Kansas City, Denver, um, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, are they the third best team in that division? Are they, where are you putting them? They're the second best team in that division, the- you think? They're the second best team because it, it, my my the logic behind me saying that is I'm I'm ranking these obviously the very heavy ranking factor is quarterback right because when you look at these franchises and where they go for the next five ten even three years it starts with ends with the quarterback obviously Kansas City's got Patrick Mahomes no one's going to touch that but. Justin Herbert is the best of him Russell Wilson and whoever they're going to start in Vegas next year. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to, I'm just, I'm just thinking about it. You know, I'll be curious to see what the Raiders do with that at the quarterback position in the off season. You know, the Russell Wilson situation, can it be salvaged uh, there in Denver? Is there any way he could coexist with, with Sean Payton, with everything that's, that's sort of taken place there? I just think it's so interesting, you know, for Harbaugh to come in into this introductory press conference and talk about multiple titles. And I think, I think it has to be. I think the only way the Harbaugh era with the, with the Los Angeles Chargers is, is a success is if he wins a Super Bowl. There can be nothing short. When you come with the with the the ballyhoo that sort of he comes with, anything short of a Super Bowl for Jim Harbaugh is going to be viewed as a disappointment. You heard him talk about, you know, the the expectations and how it weighed on him that his brother uh, John had a Super Bowl. His dad had won a college football national championship at one double A. And now he's coming in and trying to prove himself that he can win a Super Bowl in the NFL. And by the way, there's been a lot of great coaches to never win a Super Bowl. I mean, there's been a lot of great head coaches that were never able to get above that bar. So I don't think he becomes, you know, a bust if he doesn't win a Super Bowl. But in this stint, in this tenure, um, going to Los Angeles, I think it has to be a Super Bowl. I think I don't think I, it can be anything. I don't think can, I, I don't think getting to one is going to suffice. He's already been to one. I don't know. I think I think if they win an AFC championship game, that, that's depending on how quickly they do it. Like if they win an NFC or an AFC championship game in 2025. But being the got, guy, but think about this too. If he's the guy to dethrone Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. Job security. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's that would that would be pretty sick if he was uh able to do that. I'm not a hardball guy, but I, I think he's great for the NFL. I think he's great for Los Angeles, football in Los Angeles, where people don't really care about it. Um, it's going to be fun to watch next season. All right, stick around. Something to consider coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Hmm. A trade in Major League Baseball? We'll get to that and a whole bunch more. Hi, friends. Richard Karn here. Now I'm known as the guy who can fix just about anything, but the technology in most appliances requires very special training to fix. And that's why my family has Choice Home Warranty. Choice Home Warranty covers over 25 major home systems and appliances. That's your AC, heating, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances, and so much more. Imagine for less than a cup of coffee a day, Choice Home Warranty can help protect you from expensive major system and appliance breakdowns that your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover. Call Choice Home Warranty now and get access to a nationwide network of over 15,000 technicians and the latest appointment setting technology so you'll know when they're on their way. So do what this old DIYer did and call Choice Home Warranty now before something breaks down. Get protection for your heating, AC, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances and more. Call for your free quote today. Call in the next five minutes and get your first month free. 800-394-8109. That's 800-394-8109. All right, we roll along on this Friday edition of the show. By the way, if you have not subscribed yet uh, to Sports Wrap, do it. uh, I promise you, you're not going to regret it. If you can't watch the show on TV, if we're not in your market yet, um, go and check us out. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page 
Vodcast is available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Don't forget Super Bowl next week. I can't wait. Um, we'll wait and see you know, what kind of news we get out of Las Vegas next week. Uh, Sam Yarnell will be there. Speaking of Sam, there he is. Uh, Sam will be there next week. I hopefully will be there uh, later in the week, so we'll see what's going on uh, out there. Something to consider, Sam. Let's switch gears, do a little baseball. Corbin Burns is headed to Baltimore. Everybody was wondering in this offseason, what's Baltimore doing? Kind of resting on their laurels. Yeah, they added, uh, what they had? Craig Kimbrell, I think it was, uh, to, to, to the back end of their bullpen. Now they go and trade for Corbin Burns, and they finally use some of that prospect capital that we've all know they've been sitting on. Uh, they moved D.L. Hall. It's a fine prospect for them. Uh, bring back Corbin Burns. I think they also sent another prospect in Joey Ortiz over there. But this is a great move for Baltimore in, in, in an AL East last year that they were the champions of. Jason, Joey, first of all, Joey Ortiz, a very good shortstop prospect for the Baltimore Orioles. I it's hard to say this in Major League Baseball because there are very few times that it actually happens and, and we can look back on it years later and say that it happened and it and it really was true. But I, I think both teams won this trade. I really think that this was the right move for both of these teams. You and I talked months ago at the end of the baseball season, uh, at, shortly after the end of the baseball season, when Craig Council went to the Cubs live on this show about what the relationship was going to be like with Corbin Burns and the Brewers now. You know, we, we remember the arbitration scandal uh, from last offseason and him coming into spring training and talking about how his relationship with the Brewers had been broken. And it was only a matter of time, really, I think in a lot of baseball fans' minds, as to when Corbin Burns was wearing a, a jersey besides that of the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, we've reached that point. But it seems like... While everyone knew that, the Brewers were still able to capitalize on their return. Like you said, D.L. Hall, a, a pitcher who's been a top prospect in the Baltimore pitching organization for a few years at the very least, has major league experience and has looked good, serviceable, we'll say, at every level he's pitched at. D.L. Hall is going to be a very big piece of this uh, Milwaukee Brewers rotation going forward. And the same goes with Ortiz. This is a guy who can come up through your system. And the the grand the grand point here is that this is exactly what the Brewers needed to do in terms of rebuilding, right? They are no longer a team that is going to contend for the NL Central. That mm -hmm. is up to the Chicago Cubs or maybe, maybe the St. Louis Cardinals if they could figure out their pitching staff and somehow get Steven Matz off the roster. That's a, that's a conversation <laughs> for a different day. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers need to enter rebuild phase, and this, Jason, is the perfect way to start it. Uh, the Orioles plus 200 to win the AL East. The Yankees the favorite. Favorite to win the AL East at plus 135? I'm a Yankee fan, and even I have to say, I don't get it. Um, you know, they, they lost a bunch of arms in this offseason. Yeah, they've brought a couple of guys in, and obviously the Soto deal is a big deal. Um, you know, the Verdugo move, but I don't get it. Um, the love affair with the Yankees when it comes to Vegas. This feels like a sucker bet. The Yankees at plus 135. Orioles plus 200. The Blue Jays plus 480. Tampa Bay at plus 650. The Red Sox at plus 1400. Uh, NL Central, speaking of the Brewers, they are fourth best odds 
Cardinals plus 135, Cubs 230, Reds 340, Brewers 850, and the Pirates 1600. Yeah, no surprises there. I, I would actually say, you, you mentioned the AL East odds. A team that I would invest in, potentially not right now, because February, not the not the smartest time to invest in baseball. The best time to invest in your baseball futures is, is right around the beginning of spring training, if not the middle of spring training, once you've been able to get a, a little bit of a look at these pitchers and how they'll fare. Back to my point. The Tampa Bay Rays may be a value bet here. Plus 650, we know what that organization yep. does with young talent. Mm-hmm. Granted, the Wander Franco thing is still hand, ha- hanging over their heads. There's no question about that. But has this been an organization that we've not trusted to bring up young talent to replace those superstars yep. that they had and have somehow or another lost? I, I think that the Tampa Bay Rays might be the bet to win the AL East here. It's a, it, it's. I think it's certainly the best value bet. I'll I'll go with you on that. Um, Something to consider, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Sam, before we wrap up this segment and say goodbye to you for the week. Um, What would you do if you're the Sixers with Joel Embiid? My my take on it, and I talked about with Justin Termini uh, earlier in the show, is I wouldn't play him again in the regular season. You'll make the playoffs be a six or a seven seed. I want the best and healthiest version of Joel Embiid I could have. He's not going to win the MVP. He's not going to get to play enough games. Rest him, get him for the postseason, and try to make your run then. I like that idea. I do. Uh, My concern is you've got an Eastern Conference that the Philadelphia 76ers are very much in the middle of that is held together pretty tightly. Uh, if they don't play Embiid for the rest of the season, is Maxi carrying them to be a playoff team? 50, I don't 51 know. last night. <laughs> That's true. I know, it's and regular on the heels season of his NBA. first career all-star selection is huge. But it's hard to justify not playing your best player for 30 games plus in a season. Yeah, I buy that. I get, I get what you're saying. Hey, Sam, have yourself a wonderful weekend, my friend. We will see you back here on Monday from Vegas, baby. Vegas. And don't hit those uh, slot machines or the sports book too hard. It's your first weekend there. Pace yourself, please. Jason, the books, they're all tracking my flight. They know the prince is coming. They're <laughs> locking the doors. They're closing the vault. I'm Venmoing you some money to place some bets for me. We'll see it. We'll see you on Monday, man. We're coming back. just about time to wrap things up on a Friday edition of the show and that means odds and ends and it's just me today Uh, odds and ends let's start with Todd McClellan no longer the head coach of the Los Angeles Kings he gets shown the door on Friday morning Kings had an awful January they started out red hot. Uh, 27 and 4. 20 wins, 7 losses for um, overtime losses. They had 44 points. They were tied um, for the most they had ever had in team history through 31 games. Since December 28th, 3 8 and 6. Three wins, worst in the league during that span. Um, and that was it. I mean, they got a 4-2 win over Nashville on Wednesday, but apparently that wasn't enough for King's management. So he is fired. Uh, we want to thank Todd for his hard work and dedication to the organization. Vice President and GM Rob Blake saying that in a statement. 
Jim Hiller uh, will be the interim coach for the rest of the season for the Kings. We'll see what that does for that team. I mean, look, we say it so many times, and we've seen it so many times in sports. You do these in-season coaching changes, and rarely does it solve anything. We'll see what happens in the case of the Kings. They're sort of a forgotten team in Los Angeles. If you really think about all the teams in Los Angeles, who's the one you're talking the least about? It's the, obviously, it's the Kings. Um, let's shift gears. Talk a little football. Talk a little betting. Everybody's trying to capitalize on Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, or as it's being called, Swelsey. Um, including the sports books, apparently. They want in on the fun. Sports books are putting together all sorts of different betting props based on Travis Kelsey and his relationship with Taylor Swift. ESPN Bet is no different, offering Swift-themed props, including Swift action, touchdown scored in the first two minutes, that's called, plus 1,200. Taylor's Taylor's husband, Kyle Juszczyk, to score a touchdown, plus 900. And MVP Swelsey, that's Travis Kelsey to win Super Bowl MVP at plus 1,500. By the way, if you're betting on anybody other than Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy to win MVP, you're nuts. All right, maybe Christian McCaffrey. Uh, additionally, ESPN Bet has put together a whole slew of bets uh, appropriately titled Swelsey Specials. Uh, Nevada-based operator STN Sports offering a tight end versus pop star prop that asks whether Kelsey will have more receptions in the game than Swift's 10 platinum albums, 11 or more receptions, plus 450. Uh, exactly 10 receptions, plus 320. Nine or fewer receptions, minus 260. Kelsey is BetMGM's largest remaining liability to win Super Bowl MVP at plus 1,400 now that Lamar Jackson has been uh, eliminated from the postseason. We'll see what happens uh, obviously there. Theo Epstein going back to where he made his bones, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Epstein headed back there. He's taking um, sort of an interesting role with the Red Sox organization, the architect of two World Series championships. He's going back to be a minority owner and a part-time senior advisor to the parent group of the Red Sox, Fenway Sports Group. I am shocked that with all the openings that were out there in this baseball offseason, that Theo Epstein didn't get into a management role somewhere. And now you might regret it if you're a team that was thinking about it, mulling it over, kicking the tires. I have said Theo Epstein as the Yankees GM, get rid of Brian Cashman and put Theo Epstein in his spot. Would have been a brilliant move. Who knows? Maybe the Yankees made overtures. Maybe other teams made overtures. Maybe Theo just didn't want to get back into that position. Uh, but now doing this sort of deal with the Red Sox will obviously preclude him from those sorts of opportunities uh, should they become available. But Epstein, obviously one of the brightest minds in baseball, helped the Cubs win a 2016 World Series. That was their first in 108 years. And now he goes back home to Boston um, and works with Fenway Sports Group, which, by the way, is more than just the Red Sox. They own the Red Sox, they own the Penguins, they own Liverpool of uh, the EPL, NASCAR's RFK Racing. Epstein said in his new role he will be, quote, asking questions 
offering opinions, building trust, and supporting the terrific people at FSG to help them reach new heights. All the best uh, to Theo Epstein in his new role. All right, that's going to just about wrap it up for us on this Friday edition of the show. Thank you to our guests all week long, uh, especially today, Justin Termini, Sirius XM NBA Radio, the host of NBA Today, 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern, over on um, Sirius XM NBA Radio with Eddie Johnson, uh, Tino Patino of Sirius XM NASCAR Radio for hanging out with us, talking about the clash at the Coliseum this weekend. And, of course, my man Sam Yarnell, Uh, for hanging out with us as well. If you have not done so yet, make sure to subscribe to the podcast version of the show or the vodcast as you will. It's on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including Spotify. Uh, So go and check that out as well. Next week, it is Super Bowl week. Sam will be in Vegas. I might be in Vegas. Still working that out. See how it goes. Uh, Make sure to catch the daily version of the show if it's available in your area. Otherwise, we'll see you back here next week. Wherever it may be, the weekend version of the show, it's all good. I'm Jason Page. Thanks for hanging out with us on Sports Wrap all week long. We'll see you next time.